and welcome to the CFC Talk podcast. This is now episode 47 and we're going to be covering the snooze fest of this Barnsley game that we've just, I know it's been a couple of days now at least since we've since we've played the game. But yeah, I'm going to be joined by my usual co-host Amart and Mohammed, who will be, who might be in, he's kind of shifting between different dimensions at the moment. <laughs> His internet's a little... Uh, <laughs> he's shifting between dimensions. You might you might hear from him at some point, but if you're lucky. But for the most part, it'll be me and Amart. So before we get into the game and look at the bonds of the game, just wanted a quick note on. So our past couple of videos have been doing extremely well. We've had, I think, we're getting a couple of hundred views on each of our podcasts. But it seems like seventy five around seventy five percent of you aren't subscribed, and we've not been. I mean, we're getting a couple of likes. But what we'd really appreciate is if you just take the time to scroll down and give us a like, just to show, just show some of the appreciation for the work, the huge amount of work that goes into making these. So yeah, we'd really appreciate if you gave us a like or even a subscribe if you want to hear a bit more from us. But let's get into the Barnsley game. But yeah, the title of this pod will probably be uh, sending us to Barn Sleep. And that's pretty much what it did, Amand, don't you think? It was quite a boring one, I have yeah. to say. And would you agree with that? Yeah, it was It was, it was, a, it was a boring one. Bunsley didn't come out to joke at all. Like, they, they really came out to win the game. And you could see that it was very, very um, intense. I'm not even sure. I, I wanted to check at first whether it was the same manager that, we had, that they had when we beat them 6-0. I'm, I'm not sure whether it's the same manager or not, but... Even if it if if it is, then he has really really improved because um, this doesn't this team didn't look like the team that we beat six 0 at all. It's they they came out better. They came out way. They came out more determined, more motivated to even win the game. I think throughout the game, the full night at, at the end of the the ninety minutes, they were the better team by far. And and we we took our chance. We took the only chance that we got. That's one shot at target, and we and we scored. So that we still got the result, but. Yeah, definitely a boring game. It was quite interesting because uh, I think I found out after the game. So Barnsley, they did they put a tweet out. So weirdly, firstly, Barnsley had their account suspended on the day of the game on Twitter for some reason, and then they posted a picture with like a love heart emoji, and it was them of it was a picture of them rolling the grass to or like a cut. Sorry, rolling the grass? No, cutting the grass. <laughs> <laughs> on the, the uh, cutting the grass on of their stadium, making it look like it was in pristine condition, but it was quite funny because so it looked like so the side of the pitch that's closer to the camera to the camera that we that we saw the game through that side of the pitch was uh out of view of this nice picture they took and in the game, especially on that side, it was just awful. I've got to say the pitch in general, it definitely didn't make it any easier for us, did it? I guess, aside from half the team not playing that well. But you, do you think that the that a poor pitch, do you think it like levels out a bit between teams that are in different leagues? I think, um, in my opinion, it, it shouldn't affect a lot. I mean, yes, it's going to affect the better teams. And of course, a team like Barnsley are probably just used to playing pitches like this. Um, and I guess Chelsea are so used to playing in world class pitches in world class stadiums in the Premier League that they wouldn't they would have probably struggled. And I guess as the game progresses, you just kind of get used to it. You just, you just kind of have that mindset of you've got to play on this pitch, and there's nothing you can do about it. So, um, and yeah, it, <laughs> the picture was kind of deceiving because 
that pitch looked immaculate and the and the pitch that <laughs> they played on was almost the opposite um but at the end yeah it does play a factor and of course um it is hard to play on a pitch which is not perfect um especially for a team who's inexperienced in that kind of kind of area um but it shouldn't affect it as much um whereas you go from winning 6-0 and to barely winning 1-0 um and as Amart said yeah hats off to their coach for for the improvement on the team because at times it almost looked like this was going to be an FA Cup upset for us um so yeah I think very close game and you've got to blame some of our players as well for their performance that was up there um so you can't just solely blame the pitcher or you know their performance yeah yeah I just want to add that um I was also getting a, a, a very very worried getting to the end before we even got the goal because we haven't beat them in the FA Cup. We've we've met them twice in the FA Cup previously and they've beaten us twice. So they have a 100% record against us in the FA Cup before we even met them. So they didn't want to let go of that record. I think that was probably what motivated them even more. They wanted to beat us a third time in the FA Cup and they they at, at a point they looked like they were going to upset us like Mohamed said, but we, 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 we grinded out the results and then we, we qualified for the next round. That is some very interesting information. I did not know that, that they hadn't, that they'd beaten us twice in, in, in the FA Cup previously to make it three times. That's really interesting, considering, I guess, they are, I mean, what, still mid-table championship, and they've done it twice. It's quite interesting. But yeah, it was really weird. Like, they, you could see there was a real difference in the way, I mean, we didn't see it much in the League Cup game last year, but, they really it so they played in the back five pretty much and they really pressed like they pressed really high up for a championship team against Premier League team that's quite ballsy to say brave like they literally every time they they won the ball they that just five of their defenders in line would all just march up to the halfway line and they really pressed us so it was it was quite an interesting. I, I, I definitely think it felt like the team kind of underestimated them in a way. We didn't really expect it to them to be this kind of imposing on our team. But aside from that as well, the only last comment on their team at least was I'd like to give a little shout out to Connor Chaplin, who FIFA is a FIFA 17 Portsmouth career mode legend, in my opinion. And he, sorry, off topic, but Connor, Cha, Connor Chaplin was is absolutely overpowered on FIFA, and it's become a, it, and yeah, that's. But he didn't really score today. He got one shot off, so it's <coughs> let's bury that one where it is. But getting into our performance, at least, I mean, earlier in the first half, sorry, that was a bit of that was a little appreciation for a man who's given me a lot of joy on FIFA. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, you, you you lost you lost you lost me when you started talking about FIFA because I'm I'm a PES man. Ooh. I don't I don't like FIFA. I've always I've always played PES. So merely you say FIFA, like my mind just goes into uh, off mode, <laughs> denial mode. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure he's not that. I'm sure his card isn't that bad on PES side. All I know is he's very pacey. Well, at least maybe it's maybe it isn't. Maybe yeah. Maybe it's thing. I don't, I don't, I don't think he is. I don't think the card, his card is bad. But I'll check, I'll check it and see. I don't think it is. Yeah, FIFA seventeen, FIFA eighteen. Just, just as a side note, Portsmouth were extreme. So Connor Chaplin used to play their left winger for, for last night. Used to play for Portsmouth, and Portsmouth on 
FIFA 2018 onwards was are ridiculously overpowered for some reason. Like they have just some a ridiculous number of pacey players, and Connor Chaplin was just godly. I, I won the Champions League with Portsmouth because of Connor Chaplin. So it's just a, it's just <laughs> literally. So it's just a side note. But <laughs> getting on to our team, I mean, first half. They definitely, I mean, what, they had more shots in the game. First half, they put a cross in and Kepa had to make a really good reaction save. Yes, the ball was coming to him. Like, or, no, sorry, yes, it it was, the, the ball was pretty much shot straight at him. But it was a good reaction save, nevertheless. And do you guys think, I mean, I thought in the game, yes, Kepa made some good saves. But there were still some signs that he's not a very commanding keeper and is, do, you, do you think it's still like this doesn't change anything really even though he got the clean sheet that Mendy's still number one for until we I mean for, until we perhaps uh, maybe get someone better in the future season or s- summers but you don't think there's any chance of uh, Kepa doing anything as in making any changes to the order of goalkeepers at the club at the moment I think uh... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'll I'll let it, I'll let I'll no I'll let his number one fan I'll let his I'll let his number one fan talk about him okay, first. Great, great. Um, no, I think I think I, I according to a lot of, according to you both I give a lot of stick to Kepa and, and as Alex likes to say he's he's my favorite player at Chelsea. Um, I think he deserves credit for the way he played against Barnsley. There were a few nervy moments there were a few moments where he could have done better but there were moments where he did incredible and um i think as you said the reaction save even if it was just because he was in the way and it was kind of off uh kind of just a, a, a lucky save it, it kept us in the game because eventually if they scored that they would have probably sat back or they would have um you know just start, um defended their hearts out for the for that win so um honestly that one and then plus i think there was one where tammy helped him out a bit um and one another save which i can't exactly remember what it was but there was one more um so yeah he did play well but according to the order i I don't see a 71 million pound goalkeeper becoming a backup option for mendy because realistically caballero is probably going to retire next season or the season after um so yeah, we we might have to, and again, it doesn't seem like Kepa's going to be the first choice. So it's got to be Mendy for me, first choice. But it doesn't seem right to have a seventy-one million goalkeeper as a backup. So we might have to give him out on loan, um, send him out on loan, or sell him and and get as much as we can from him. Um, and I guess he's. He, I I will say one thing. I've seen him try a lot, and he he's been through a lot at Chelsea. I think. After that first season, he just haven't he just hasn't been the same Kepa. Um, but yeah, I think it's either a loan or a, or a new club for Kepa, in my opinion. Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, it's until he gets until unless men, something bad happens to Mendy, there's I don't see him getting te- probably test getting another chance in the Premier League at least for a for a bit of time or probably forever until he unless he yeah like I said, but I mean. Other than that, for bet for good performances, Tammy for sure. He definitely looked. I mean, of the front three, uh, we'll probably get into the wingers in a little bit. But Tammy definitely looked quite sharp in this one. Don't uh, do you guys agree? 
I'm like, go for it. Yeah, he was. He was very, very sharp. He was. He was one of the best players. I think he was our best player on the on the pitch, and he was doing so much. He was defending. He was. He was. He was winning possession. He was creating chances for himself. I think something we we all know that when when it, when it's critical, he he can defend. He does very well when he when when like you're on the back foot and we need someone tall to. Um, uh, um, defend corners and he did I think he cleared a chance at the end for us and that was very very good like a, a goal line clearance or something he headed the ball over the um, the goal post and, he, and it denied them getting a chance to equalize and yeah I think yesterday I saw something on him that we've always wanted him to do but he really doesn't do last year last season I think one of his main problems was that he usually waits for the for the last ball, he usually waits for the attacking midfielders to find him, and then he'll get a chance and score. But yesterday, he wasn't really, he he wasn't really waiting. He was coming in to receive the passes, like what Giroud does, like what Giroud does that we always love about him. He he, Tommy was actually coming in to find the to receive the balls himself to uh, regain possession and then create chances for himself. And yesterday, he even had a chance. He, he nearly had a penalty um, call. And I think if, um, if it wasn't for the um, VAR, if VAR wasn't available, so we didn't get a penalty. But if VAR was available, we would have we would have gotten the penalty from that chance. So, yeah. And yesterday, he did very, very well. He did very well. And the goal, he took the goal very well. I think um, Reese also did very well. It started from Gilmore, Gilmore to Reese, and Reese to Tammy. It was a an academy goal, and I was happy about that. He took the goal very. Well. We got we got only one chance in the game, and we scored, and that was good. That was very very good. It was quite funny to see that the um. So, I think as the game started, the commentators said, "Oh, there's no VAR in this game. We'll we'll get we we'll finally be able to just trust the officials." And then by the end of the game, we've Chelsea should have had a penalty. Might have had an offside goal, which in which in hindsight proved to be onside, and I think there there was oh, there's pro- I think there was another VAR call that was wrong somewhere. I think or no, no referee call that was wrong. So it just shows that there'll be complaints either ways, and there'll be wrongness either way. There'll be wrong decisions either way. So <laughs> it was a funny one, but also I mean looking to the side of Abraham. It, Pulisic and Ziek just, I mean, maybe we could put it a bit down to the pitch, but it's also definitely down to I, not either of them just not really playing well at the moment. Uh, Mohamed, do you think that, like, how, we, how are we going to get these guys firing again? Because Pulisic's not scored this season in the Premier League, I don't think. And Ziek has had only a couple of really good games for Chelsea in the past month, a couple of months, so, or probably since our season. So, yeah, how are we going to get these guys in form again, or what are we got to do? Um, honestly, okay, so I think with Pulisic, it's the case of injury. For, I think with both players, it's the case of injuries. Um, they've both both been unfortunate to be injured for quite a while, you know, this season. Um, and as we're seeing with Timo Werner, these both, these both are not as confident as they would have you have been, um, and it's not just about scoring goals with with uh, Pulisic and, and Ziyech. These these are key players in in building up our attacks, and we know the capabilities that Ziyech has 
of switching plays and just you know um, taking the ball from point A to point B without any trouble. Um, and I guess it's just about confidence. And under Tuchel, both of them haven't had a lot of game time. Um, and you know the FA Cup was really just their first glimpse of under under Tuchel. So I would I would hope that you know he does back them up. He does make sure that they get their chances. Um, and I guess as as they play on and hopefully they'll regain their confidence. Um, you know we we kind of saw this burst from. Um, Pulisic towards the end of the season last time after what what we like to call project restart Pulisic um, and I'm hoping that, that without a project restart this season he can still go off at the end of the season there's still a long way to go um, especially with the tough games that we're going to have and, and with the frequency that we're going to have games from in at the end of February so there's going to be a lot of chances for them to come on there and, and make their mark in my opinion um, and I forgot what the other part was that question or is that it <laughs> i think that was it it was just on ziek and Pulisic, just what to do how and yeah they have been unlucky yeah they have been pretty unlucky with injuries but it begs the question i guess we'll yeah maybe get into it later but amart uh, do you think we should be content with these guys i mean there, there have been some fans at least calling on twitter for that they'd take it um sancho or grealish or, so, or another winger to compete with these guys, and which do you think that's something like that is necessary, or are you happy with the wingers, and or, and do you think that they'll get out, be able to get out of their lack of form eventually? Yeah, definitely, definitely. These these are not we've seen the best of these players, and and like Mohamed said, it's, it's just injuries that have kept them from performing um, to their best. But Pulisic, I think more than Ziyech. Ziyech is also recovering from injury, but he's also. Um, trying to f- um, figure out what his place is in the team as well. But Pulisic, with Pulisic, I think it's more of a mental thing because he usually he was usually coming in and going out of uh, um, the squad due to injuries. And, and you can tell that he doesn't want to even commit himself fully to certain chances when he's playing because probably he's afraid he might get other injury and then go out again. So that's where the problem is. But I think when he regains that back, when he regains that confidence and He's fully fit. We'll see the best of him. It's it's a bit worrying that he hasn't scored a goal in in any competition this season, which is is, is very very worrying. But we know how Pulisic is. We know how good he is. When when he turns up, even in games that he doesn't score, you can see that he's he's been doing well in in them. But in the Barnsley game, especially in the Barnsley game, he was he was a bit lost. I think Ziyech was way better than him in the Barnsley game. Um, he was a bit lost in the game. Even when he when he came off. When he came off, I was even I was even surprised he was still on because I I thought he had gone off already, and because I wasn't really seeing much from him. So, but I'm very confident to pick up. I don't think we need players to come in and they already have competition as it is. We have so many so so many players in certain positions that are already competing with each other. We don't need um, players to come from other teams. Grealish and uh, I don't I don't think we need them. To, to make them better. They'll, they'll come good. They'll come good. This season has been a weird one. Like, last time I was just thinking about it and thinking about what, um, what striker or what attacking player came in during the summer transfer, who came in during the summer transfer, like which one of them have really taken off in the, in the, in the season. And I don't know, I think apart from even Cavani that hasn't been doing well 
um, Rodriguez, probably um, Thiago Alcantara. Nah, like you can see that like the season hasn't been um, normal. Like those players haven't really taken off. I think those who have taken off are the defenders. The defenders and the goalkeepers have done very very well, but the attackers haven't really had their best games in the in the Premier League. Probably due to the fact that they didn't have a preseason nobody had a preseason or something but it's i think next season we'll see the best of all these players especially the the um attackers that chelsea got we'll see the best of them next season but this season it will take some time yeah i agree like it's a really good point you made that i can't think of any strikers that have or even attacking players that have really taken off for their team like i was thinking maybe diogo Jota, but um yeah he was already in the premier league true. before yeah yeah, so I think with him, he was he already was he was already used to the Premier League and he already knew how the Premier League was. So yeah, I also thought about him as well, but I think because he was already in it and Watkins, see Watkins oh, also yeah. came, but also from the championship. Oh, yeah, he was also the in the championship. Yeah. So yeah he, yeah, he was already in England and stuff like that. But I've not really seen anybody else who came from outside of England and is really has really taken off. So. I think we just have to be patient with all of them. Yeah, I I, I do hope even for ZX, especially for ZX case, we see more of the champ. I mean, to be fair, uh, some people have said he's only had a couple of good games for Chelsea, but the way I see it, the way I remember at least, every time he's in the Champions League, particularly, he always shows up. It's some I don't know. I remember in the Ren game, I think where Giroud got the clutch winner, and it was from a ZX free kick who had come on as a sub. I just remember Ziyech playing really well in the Champions League usually. So I, I definitely, when Atletico comes around, even if he's not playing in fantastic form, by the time it comes around, I would probably play him. Because he's just, he seems like a different player sometimes when he's, when he's in the Champions League. But looking a bit further back to the left, at least, seeing Alonso and Emerson both starting, which given them both, both players defensive frailties have kind of been exposed this season and last but was that a bit of a surprise to you to see and do you, do you think uh Mohammed, do you think either of them played particularly well or because I didn't they I didn't really see anything from either of them and it was good to see Alonso taken off at half time for James I think and Rudiger and we I think it was James and Rudiger I think or was that yeah. yeah, yeah, it was James. Yeah, Rudiger. But did Alonso come off at half time? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came off. Yeah. He, he came off for James, and then Rudiger came on Christensen. for Christensen. Christensen. Yeah. yeah, and James yeah. looked much, much better. I mean, it's, yeah, I didn't see anything from Alonso today, but it must have been. It was quite weird to see him at some points centre back, don't you think? Um, sorry, yeah, Mohammed? No, I was just <laughs> I kind of scrolled down on Zencaster and I saw this comment. <laughs> um but no um i think alonso and emerson was a weird start to be honest uh i think we were expecting emerson to give it get a start he hasn't had much time against jukel but i guess um he kind of wanted to give both of them a start but i think that just caused both of them to not play well as well as they would have probably played as left wing back and and i'd go as far as to say alonso is someone who can only play left wing back so um Having him at left back is scary. Imagine having him at centre back, which is even scarier. So, um, and I think the Kepa reaction save was because Alonso was caught uh, caught sleeping and and not looking at the ball. Um, but 
I think if if we're gonna play one of them, it's gonna have to be Alonso, and and it's gonna have to be left wing back. There's no reason not. To, there's no reason to play both of them at the same time. And I think when when Rudiger and James came on, as you said, James played really well, in my opinion as well. Um, and you know, Rudiger did his job as well. So I think it was weird seeing that combination, but and and Emerson. I think left wing back played. I, th- I didn't see much of him, and he didn't really had. He didn't really have much of um, influence in in trying to get get and getting a goal or trying to build up attacks. So um, overall, the defense, the starting defense, wasn't as good as the second half defense when we brought on Rudiger and, and Reese James. Yeah, it was really they. Especially first half, just didn't really see. I mean, whenever we have Alonso, Emerson, and Christensen all in, it's just a bit of a re- not a recipe for disaster because it's Burnley Barnsley. But I mean, not- I'm not gonna say <laughs> that stat from a Mart. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but Mark, do you have anything to add to the um, the left wing back debate? Or yeah, it it was it was definitely weird to see um, Alonso and Emerson start, and I think that's that's the first time they've started in the game for Chelsea. Um, it was weird, but I think Emerson was the better player um, out of the two because Alonso was mostly uh, most of the times completely lost, and and I I don't really blame him, but I think the physicality of the um, the Barnsley players and the aggressive nature of their play kind of puts him off a bit, and that's the thing with Alonso. And but Emerson did very well as um, part of the um, three defenders. But as a, as a wing as a as a wing back, uh, left wing back, definitely will pick Alonso every time, um, ahead of Emerson. Even though Emerson has been given as good performances this season so far, he has been doing well. But yeah, Alonso had to come off, and when he came off, you could tell Reese was way better than him. And Reese even assisted a goal uh, in the end. And even in the beginning, Alonso nearly gave away a goal because he completely missed his, uh, his man. And then the striker got, um, uh, I think, it was a tap in or so. At school, but Kepa did very, very well and and saved um, and cleared that chance. So, yeah, it was good. It was good that he went off. And I think yesterday, I don't want to do comparisons. I I I really don't want to be, keep bringing up Lampard or anything. But when I was watching the game, it just dawned on me that unlike probably Lampard would have taken time to make those substitutions at halftime, he would have waited and given the team. And I think he was he was more considerate on that part. Like he would allow the team, even though we, the team does bad in the first half, he will allow them to go there and try and redeem themselves before he takes somebody off. But I think with Tuchel, uh, with Tuchel, um, um, he hasn't he doesn't really have that kind of time um, to be testing things out when he sees what is going wrong. And because there's a lot of pressure on him, especially with the sacking of Lampard, he has to do also when he sees what's going wrong in the first and the and the just uh, at second half or half time, he would just make the changes straight away, and and it helped a bit. They were still aggressive. Um, Bunsley were still aggressive. Bunsley were still um, attacking us and worrying us. But our defense was solid. We did very well. Rudiger did very well um, against Bunsley as well. So, I mean, we got our goal. We defended it, and that was that. No fairness, there was uh, five subs available in the game, so I guess you can afford to make subs earlier as well. And still have the luxury later, but yeah. I do definitely get what you mean. Lampard would barely ever make half-time substitutions unless 
I think maybe I think Marcus Alonso was the one that comes to mind against West Brom with his kind of nightmare performance where he got taken off half time. But I mean, you can't really say that. I mean, in this game, that Christensen and Alonso played that badly. It's just we needed some more urgency, so we got and perhaps some physicality as well. Christensen. It was not is interesting to see in the first half. Christensen had one of his trademark um, knocks where he got. To be fair, feel sorry for the guy. He did get a heel to the head and yeah. stayed down, and they got a chance and took a shot. But yeah, it's it's just weird to see. Like I don't. Know, I'm in mixed minds about it. And I don't know if you guys are too. Like I think I think he went. I think he went down before he got the 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 heel to yeah. the head. He went down first and and was trying. He tried to grab the um the Bansley, the Bansley player's leg, and I think he missed it. And then in the in the wake of them attacking, I think one of them yeah. hit his head or something like that, and he was down. But but it just it just left space at the back now, and they and they took. I think they even yeah. took a shot right, but it was on this this the, yeah. the side yeah, netting yeah. or something like that. It was um weird because he. I think there was another tackle in the game where he did where. Well, not tackle, but attempted tackle, where he kind of fell to the floor and then just the guy is dribbling past him and he literally tries to head tackle the dude, the ball of it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. what I was talking it about. It's like, what? This is mental, <laughs> yeah. this guy's. Considering this guy is like <laughs> quite fragile, a defender, for him to be doing that, I was like, man, this guy's going to be out with a head injury for like years if that, actually, if that goes bad. <laughs> So I, I, if any of the defenders were going to try that, I wouldn't expect it to be Christmas. Maybe he'll have to walk out with one of the one of the one of the caps. Yeah, to check honestly, to be fair, even a normal player, <laughs> if that goes wrong, you'd probably be end up in one of those caps for it because that that can go wrong quite quite easily. But yeah, looking at, I mean, uh, other parts of the team, Gilmore. Good to see Gilmore and Kante come back in. Personally, I didn't think it was that they were that great, but it was it was a weird one because yes, they they pressed up really high, and I mean, you didn't really see much chemistry between Gilmore and Kante, and they still did had some good ish moments, especially Gilmore. I think had a couple. I mean, combined well with James to or that's right, good pass to James to get the goal, but. Yeah, I didn't really see much from else from Gilmore and Kante, if I'm honest. You guys, what did you guys think of it? Did you think they were all right? Or... Yeah, it was weird to see for me. I think um, for me, Gilmore was a tricky one because I think, isn't it his first start under 2 kill? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So I think yeah. Gilmore, I wouldn't write him off right away and to say he doesn't fit the system because it's his first start, so you might just need a few games to get into it and just kind of just... Um, understand the, the change from four three three to a three four uh four whatever we play up top depending on the game. Um, I think Kante, yeah, again as you said, they weren't very good at, at what they do, and I think this is where we kind of realize how important Jorginho and Kovacic are in this formation because what a lot of people call them dead wood, um, and essentially they've now become our first choice midfielders, um. But it's nice to see us get options. I mean, yes, Kante is one of the best or was one of the best um, defensive midfielders. Um, and it's great to see someone like 
really get more get a chance as well and hopefully we see more of them throughout the season and then hopefully they put up performances where they can compete with Jorginho and Kovacic. Yeah, I, I, I know I know they weren't really the best, but I'll have to agree them disagree with you guys. I think I think Kante and uh, Gilmore worked very well. I think the whole thing was that the 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 pressure from Barnsley was like so immense that like the whole team was just find it difficult to control them or to put them under control because I felt like Kante was controlling most of that midfield. That midfield like it was him. He was everywhere in that midfield and Gilmore was also doing the simple things. Like we really didn't really see anything extra from them, like um, feeding the attackers or like trying to create chances, but they were in charge of that midfield. If, if you notice, like most of the chances Bansley were having, they were, they, were, they were coming from the wings. They weren't really using the middle that often, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I just think they had a good game. Even though the whole thing was a bit boring, they had a good game, but we didn't really have any threats in attack. But in defense, I think we were very solid. We were very, very solid in defense. And I think that was uh, partly thanks to um, Kante and um, Gilmore also stopping any form of attack that that came into, before it even reached the uh, the defenders. They did very well in that aspect. But in attack, that's where I think they, they fell short because they weren't really... Um, finding the pockets and the spaces in defense and stuff like that. That's why I said Tommy had to come in to create chances for himself most of the time. Sim and Pulisic, they were the ones kind of doing that kind of job. They were, it, it, them, Gilmore and Kante weren't doing that. So, yeah, for me, they, 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 their combination was good. But, yeah, I think the way the whole game went and the, whole, the way the whole game was, we didn't really... We didn't really attack that much to be able to give them like an excellent kind of performance. They 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 were okay. Fourteen shots on our goal and four on target. Would that indicate much of a solidity or or not? I think a lot of that has to do with. Sorry, Mark. I mean, to it, much... I think a lot of that has to do with Thiago Silva not being in defense. We've seen the difference he can do in the defense and. Again, as we said, starting with Emerson and Alonso was there was not the best of choices by Tuchel. Yeah, it's true, but yeah. they didn't have yeah. Tiago. They didn't have all three of our defenders, man for man, <laughs> were better than theirs, and we shouldn't need Tiago Silva to be solid against Barnsley. To me, but my yeah, what, what you're going to say, yeah, yeah, but I don't think we we expected Barnsley to play like that. I don't even think the team expected yeah. Barnsley to play like that. I think I think they 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 thought they were going to go there and get not an, I would not say an easy win, but I don't think they expected Bunsley to come out or they come all out like the way they did because Bunsley came to win. They didn't come they didn't come to joke around. They came to win and they nearly got an equalizer at the end. Um, if it wasn't for Tammy clearing that chance um, away, and he did they, they I think they had chances to to score, but I think they missed they messed up some of their chances to score and. Especially in the the first half, with that chance, um, um, that Kepa saved. They did, they did, they, they almost got an early goal from that. So, I think it's that uh, the team they didn't really expect them to play like that. So, but they adjusted well. Um, um, Tuchel made the right substitutions, and and we adjusted well, and we 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 matched up to them. I think getting to the end of the game, we scored. After we scored the goal, mm-hmm. we just locked down and started defending. So. I think that was good. That was good to see. But we just got off. We just got the points, so um, I don't really know. We, we'll take that. It was a boring game, but we'll take the we'll take the the win <laughs> any day. 
Yeah, especially in the in the latter half, like in the in the last ten minutes of the game, they had three, they had six shots and three on target. So they definitely cranked it up at the end. But we, it was nice to see that we 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 uh, rode it out, and although it was a little bit, eh, uh, biting of the nails because yeah, there was that that one with Tammy, excellent block from Tammy. Really, like that was going that header. I think from the um, Barnsley players going top corner, and for Tammy to get ahead yeah. on that was amazing. And and yeah, I mean, just so I remember all I remember of the last part of the game was just seeing more of Kepa's lack of controlling in the box. It was quite fun. I mean, I think Chelsea posted a thing on Instagram of uh, Kepa commanding his box, which is very ironic because I think it was the only time where he actually. He caught the only time where he actually caught the cross or caught the corner. They posted that, but there were so many ones where he punched or just it looked very uh, yeah. It looked really risky. There were there were there were so many that he completely missed, and I think thanks to the defenders, he got they got that they got it under control. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> right. I think that kind of sums up everything for Barnsley. Before we moved on, two things. Firstly, anything else that we'd want to talk about? I think I'm just surprised we we managed to do 37 minutes for Barnsley. (laughs) Yeah. Anything for our viewers, (laughs) anything. (laughs) We'll go. Yeah. It's impossible. It's not going to CFC talk if we don't, if it's not at least an hour. So I think Alex is half asleep already. (laughs) Nah. I'm I'm getting. Newcastle might wake you up. <laughs> yep, I'm definitely gonna be awake for Newcastle. And before we get into the Newcastle, into the, the Newcastle, I sound like Tuchel saying the Wolves. No, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no. Before we get into the new the Newcastle, uh, centre back choices and centre back transfers has kind of come up over the past couple of days with names like Opa Meccano being confirmed to going uh, to be being transferred to Bayern Munich. And so it's kind of set up the discussion of who do Chelsea go for? It's been widely reported that we're going to go for a centre-back in the summer. And there's lots of names thrown around, like Varane, Nicolas Sula, Ibrahima um, Konate, I think that's, yeah, Konate, from, who's Abumakano's teammate at Leipzig. But guys, who do you think, who do you, I mean, do you have a guys have a preference or... Just hoping that we could get someone similar to Thiago Silva's stature into the team. I think if if whoever we get, if if they perform like Zuma has throughout the season, um, if someone performs the same way Zuma or Thiago Silva, it works for Chelsea. Um, but I'd like to say one thing, and I, and I think Christensen playing centrally has been good for Chelsea in this back three. Um, and there there seems to be a potential in there um and it it will be interesting how that pans out throughout the season and if if that works then we kind of have these three options with um Zuma Silva and and um Christensen and then if we bring in one more as backup it would've been perfect depending obviously then we'd have to sell Rudiger and um and some other players but um, I'll be honest, I haven't really kept tabs with a lot of transfer news uh, in the past weeks because I think it, it's a bit soon. It's a bit too soon to look at transfer news, in my opinion, um, because there's still almost half the season remaining and anything can happen. And But I, I do know that Chelsea are looking for a striker and a defender, so 
Um, I'll leave it up to you both for this discussion because I have zero knowledge of the defenders that you mentioned. Man, Mohammed setting me up. He gave me <laughs> gave me a cue. He gave me a cue of centre back transfer discussions for this podcast, and now he's just shut it down himself. What a man! He does what he wants on this podcast. He does what he wants. But Amar, got, anything to, to add? Or? I got to make the hosting interesting for you. <laughs> I'll bear in mind this for future <laughs> if he wants to throw me off at some point. But Amar, any anything to add to to the centre back debate or something we can more talk about in the summer? Yeah, I think um to be honest, I just want Tomori to come back because he's been doing well for AC Milan. I oh, I, I, I want to no, want... yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tomori Tomori needs to come back. Magehito has been doing very, very well in the championship this season, so we, we, we have options that can just come in and play in that position. I don't know why we have to um, go and buy new um, centre-backs. We, we we have to offload one of Rodriguez or Christensen, or both of them if it's possible. Um, one, one of them, I'm sure one of them will go um, during the summer. Probably might not be Rodriguez because it looks like Tuchel loves him, but probably Christensen might be the one to go. If we don't get anybody in, they might stay, but... I want to see Tomori back because he's been doing very well. He he's been doing very well against East Milan. He hasn't played much, but he has been doing well. But Magehi is the one that um, um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him back um, at Chelsea. But you never know with this team the way we 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 like spending when nobody's spending. We we might go out and get somebody. I I, I think I even had we could we could get Pomecano, Pomecano before. Um, new scheme that he might go to Bayern Munich and stuff like that. So, you, I don't know. But I just want Tomori back. Whoever we get in, I just want Tomori back to be in that, um, be in that defense because he's been very, very good. Amor's yeah, I agree. Accepting anything <laughs> except. <laughs> Amart's a fan of Take Take That's latest song <laughs> called "I Want Tomori Back for Good." Uh, but, but, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of that. Uh, but yeah, it seems like uh, I definitely, if if either a Rudiger or Christensen is going to go, it's probably going to be Christensen because like you say, Rudiger's definitely fallen into is in favour with Tuchel. And I, it's sad to say, but I have a feeling that Zuma might as well just because he's just, right now he seems like he's third choice or hell even, for, yeah, he's third or fourth choice at the moment. I know, he's fourth choice. He is fourth choice centre-back right now. Considering he's been our best performer by Thiago Silva until Tuchel came on, came in, it's it's sad to say, but I I have a feeling that it'll go. It'll get if if an, a good offer comes in, and someone can offer him starting like a starting spot, maybe a top six club or maybe some or another country. I don't see why he wouldn't accept because he's he's being like Christensen is being played ahead of him. Understandably so, because like Amart said, Christensen has been playing playing pretty well in the middle of the park. But yeah, it's I I do I think we most of us agree that we think that Zuma is better than Rudiger. Yet Rudiger's been playing much more, but maybe it's too uh, soon to make conclusions. But if if two centre backs are going to leave the summer to make space for say Mark Guhi and perhaps a new centre-back or Tomori, then I'd expect Zuma and uh, Zuma and Christensen to leave, sadly, for Zuma. But I think that's the way it works now. We can't have 
six. We can't have five centre backs and make all of them happy. But yeah, yeah. But Zuma Zuma should be a long term. Zuma should be a long term uh, Chelsea defender. It would be such a shame to mm-hmm. let him go. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why or how Rodriguez got this kind of. Um, um, uh, I don't know time. Probably he does better in the in the three. He does better. I think yes, he does better in the three than Zuma. That's why he's probably playing more. But to be honest, I prefer Zuma over Rudiger any day. Rudiger does well, but Zuma Zuma does. Zuma is very very good. Yeah, agreed. It's it is a shame, and I I do hope that Rudiger is sold before Zuma is. It's just the feeling and the the game time shows, and we yeah. Maybe if if Everton or something come in with a huge money bid, then and yeah, maybe if we go back to a back four eventually, maybe Zuma comes back into favour. Hopefully, that's the case eventually, because uh, we don't want to see Marcus Alonso anyway. So <laughs> back four it is, but <laughs> but yeah, I think let's join again to the Newcastle game a bit more now. Yeah, sweet. So, I mean, this is an interesting one more because most of the teams that we aren't playing and that cha- and that the teams around us are, I mean, Man City today beating Tottenham 3-0, Liverpool losing 3-1 to Leicester. It's all the teams or teams around us have, have dropped points and say the gap to top four all of a sudden isn't that big. Now it's only, as it stands, we are one point off Liverpool with a game in hand, the Newcastle game that we're going to be looking into. So, guys, do you think that's enough motivation for the for the team to go out there and get a result against a team that Newcastle? Well, they're not in the best of form at the moment. They're in a pretty well. I mean, they beat, I think, Villa last game. They did a comeback, I think, but is they this, are seventeen. No, it's Palace. No. No, Southampton. It was Southampton. It was Southampton. Sorry, but yeah, they are seventeenth at the moment. So, do you think it's like this is a, a foregone conclusion, or do you think it's going to be tricky? Is this my cue to sing Champions of England again? Um, no. <laughs> um, I think honestly, top four looks a lot easier now than it did a few weeks back, and and even when Thomas Tuchel was appointed, it looked like it was going to be one of the hardest things to do, but. Um, with Liverpool losing three games in a row, Man United drawing their last game, um, and Leicester in a bit of a not 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 a bad form, but almost um, in an unstable form at the moment with um, a loss and two draws in their last five. I think we could get we could close. We've already closed the gap, and now we just want to go ahead and and if we win against Newcastle, we go fourth in a few more games in. Uh, and then we play, I think, the top six, um, Man United, the top four with Man United, Liverpool, almost back to back in the Premier League. So um, those two wins, and and that would probably take us a long way ahead. And, and yeah, I think Champions is a bit too far. I think you both are right with your predictions, Man City, um, but I think Chelsea can hundred percent now secure top four, and there's no reason not to, in my opinion, um, the way we've been playing. Yes, we we did kind of struggle against uh, against was it against Sheffield our last Premier League game. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, and sure. then again as well with Barnsley, but I think Thomas Tuchel has got the experience to know when he needs to switch things around, and I'm I'm hundred percent sure that when we play 
Newcastle or the next game against Southampton will be ready to to face whatever they bring at us. Um, hopefully, I don't jinx it. Hopefully, I don't jinx it like Alex did. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, um, high hopes from Chelsea now, and, and uh, these high hopes are there. But I'm also ready for for as as Tuchel said get ready for was it yeah we should we should be ready for disappointment or we should be ready for um i can't exactly remember the words to suffer without the ball no that's no 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 no. i was quoting conte sorry i was joking (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember the exact quote but it was somewhere along that those lines so i think yeah i'm i'm very hopeful of chelsea but at the same time i'm very careful to not get carried away and start calling to kel's head if we lose a game or two in a row yeah, it's sorry. One or two games in a row for who? I'm confused. I was, I was just saying. No, I was just saying. If if we do end up losing a few games in top four, doesn't look a lot likely than than it is looking right now. I wouldn't go out and to say, um, Tuchel's not the right person. I'll, I'll still back him. And yeah, I was, I was just saying. Yeah, top four is as this is as close to as we can get um the top four race to be so now we just got to make sure that we look at liverpool's run of games and man united's run of games and we just yeah. try and just like climb up the table yeah it's gonna be i mean uh, tomorrow we're all going to support west brom against against man united but it's, if 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 west brom can pull off a bit of an upset or even a, get a draw even and we beat newcastle then we'll be four points only four points off of second which is kind of crazy i mean the competition between us, Leicester, United, and I guess Liverpool to some extent, it's going to hold up over the next, pretty much until the end of the season. And you definitely write in the whole, the change in form is possible. Like Liverpool, they've lost their last three games. The champions, they've lost their last three games in a row. To, and their last three at, or f- yeah, their last three at home as well. So anything can happen. And, but I do, like, a, I mean... I flip-flopped through this season and whether we can actually get top four or not. I was so... I gave up on it a couple of weeks ago because I just thought too many good teams ahead of us. But it shows four, three wins on the bounce and a draw in the last five and that's where it gets you. But looking ahead to at least the Newcastle game, Amart, do you see many changes overall to the team that played against Barnsley? Or going to keep the team other than Kepa? that's like a foregone conclusion. <laughs> team against Bunsley, I think yes, there'll be a lot of changes in that in that team. We might not see Gilmore play, we might not see um um Christensen. Okay, well, we'll see Christensen start because Thiago Silva has got his head. We might not see MSN play, we might not see Kepa play. So yeah, probably I don't know whether Sammy might get a chance or if Verna I think Verna right now has um a slight injury but if he's fit, he might probably start um, with Werner or um, he might start with Abraham instead of Giroud. But yeah, um, this team, this is a game that we have to win. I think you asked if the players um, need any motivation to uh, um, get a win here. Yeah, we, we. I think if anything, Liverpool's loss today should be the should be enough motivation for us to go there. And win. Uh, are we playing? I, I don't remember whether it's. Uh, are we are playing, playing at away home. or. So we are playing at there's home. No, no St. Yeah. No okay. uh, James's uh, juju for us. <laughs> <laughs> we always. We yeah, always. Like, yeah. 
That's it's true. never good when we go there. Never. But I think, but I think one thing with um, Tuko's uh, team is that we usually get the results, even though the games we've been the games have been boring to be to be fair. I think the only game that we played and dominated like the full ninety will be the Tottenham game and it's crazy. I think that's the that's one of our easiest games we've played under Tuko. It was the Tottenham game. We could we should have scored more than what we did, but we missed we missed a lot of chances. But I think that was our easiest game. And with teams like this, it's very difficult to um play against them. I think that's where Lampard suffered a bit. Teams like this were the ones that were giving us most of the problems. And if we are able to beat teams like this, um, we'll be able, we'll be all right. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be okay. And the fact that we are even close to top four, I mean, I was, I was always confident from get go that we would, we would get top four, even when things weren't going well. I still had a feeling we'll get top four because the, 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 the inconsistencies in the season has been a lot. It has happened a lot. Liverpool. Um, um, falling off. My United used to be they they they've been on and off, but it seems like they are on the rise. Leicester too. All of a sudden, they are now on the rise and they are doing well. I think the only team that hasn't really um, suffered that much is City, and they've and they've done very very well. I was even checking their form table, and everything was just green, and I was like, wow, <laughs> this is crazy. And uh, so they they don't look like they are stopping anytime soon. And I think the league is theirs to lose now. But for us, we just have to um, um, win against Newcastle. They they beat Southampton recently, but they've been they've been pretty poor this season. And I think we need to capitalize on that and just and just get the three points. So it's very very important for us to go there and win. And yeah, whoever whoever he plays with, I, I'm confident that we'll, we'll get the win. I'm confident. Not we might not we might not score many goals because we've been struggling to get wins but we still end up winning but i think we will we'll, we'll win i will say this all three of us are so confident i feel like there is an upset <laughs> in coming. yeah i mean it's newcastle's form is very inconsistent like they've beaten southampton 3-2 recently everton they beat 2-0 and but they've also lost to palace lost to leeds lost to aston villa lost to arsenal and sheffield united even so i think as long as we actually turn up there shouldn't be too much of a surprise. But if we, yeah, we need the urgency. We need, I mean, we'll get into the lineups in a minute, but we definitely need the attackers to be clinical. We need Timo to continue with the way that he's been going over the past couple of games. And also importantly, Newcastle, they're missing their main striker, Callum Wilson. He's out for, for I think, six weeks, I think, with an injury, I think, or is it a suspension? Yeah. Yeah, it's an injury. I think, yeah. I think I think whenever he's whenever he's out, they have a really really bad run of yeah. form. So probably it might it might it might be in our favor. It might, it might never. Yeah. Know. So it's I mean that's at least a, well it's not a positive, but it's a it's a reason to be confident at least in this game, and it's a home as well. I think we normally we do well against Newcastle at home normally. I think so. Like let's, let's get into the lineups and I mean. Let's skip the goalkeeper because we all know it's going to be Mendy. But I mean, I, I I used to think, oh, maybe when are we ever going to go to a back four? But it doesn't seem like it for the short term, at least. But for the back three, I'm going to guess Rudiger. No, Thiago Silva still injured. I think is confirmed. So it's going to be. I'm going to guess Rudiger, Christensen, and um, Aspi 
Yeah, SP. you got what do you what are yours? Same. Yeah, yeah, same because I don't think we can we can do any better with anybody else at the moment. Probably Zuma if Zuma comes in for Rudiger, we might see something different, but I don't think Tuko would use Rudiger would use Zuma as the main central um defender. So we might see uh, we might see Rudiger instead of Zuma. So Zuma um Aspi and then Christensen. Yeah, sounds good. And then for the wing backs, oof, we got I mean James and Alonso or Cho and Alonso or Cho and Choel. What's it going to be for you guys? It's tricky. Callum Hudson or Doy and Alonso for me, I think. No, I'll go with Chowal. I want to see Chowal. I'll go with Chowal and Hudson or Doy. Probably he might, he might he might go with the way I think we used both Reese James and um um Hudson Odoi in the last game, so we might see that again, but not not the Bansley game, the last um Premier League game. So we might see that combination again, but. For me, I would just I would prefer we go with Hudson because he did he was for me he did very well in the wing back role than when he was playing behind um, Werner. So I don't know. So I, I would prefer to see him there than. Um, but with him, but with him and Reese on the right is very very deadly. So it's confusing. But you know, I'll go with Reese. I'll go with Reese. Reese and um, Joel. And my only uh, reserve. Reservation, sorry, with Chilwell, it's just he's in the poor form right now. But Alonso, I mean, other than the wonder goal against Burnley, I think it was, he's just not been that great even in attack. So I, I want to see Chilwell start as well because he needs to get his confidence back somehow. And yeah, it would be a good game to play him in. And yeah, don't want to really see Alonso playing much more for Chelsea. So, and, and for the... Right, oh, I'll go James because I don't. I think Pulisic and Ziyech—they're both out of form when we get to the wingers. So we need Cho in one of those spots. But so I'll go James at right wing back. And then for the midfield too, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point that it's probably it's de- almost definitely going to be Jorginho and Kovacic. Yeah, I think it is. So uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with I think Chilwell and. <sighs> James, yes, I'm going with Joel and James, but it would be because we can't see. I don't want to see Alonso in the team for much longer. But I recognise he's good at left wing back. But Joel needs to get his confidence back anyway. But yeah, also going James because of the choice of front three. Now, uh, Amart, do you think front three we're going to give uh, Werner a shot, or do you think Pulisic deserves the chance at left wing, or perhaps even Cho? That's the thing. I don't know what I. I don't know whether he's going to go with the, um, what we, what did he go with the last time? I think it, he went with the three four two one, and he has used the three four one two as well. But I don't know with this one. I think I'll prefer him to go with the three four one two, and play with um, Cho is already my Cho. Uh, okay, yeah, Reese is already my um right back. So probably mount behind um Werner and yeah Hatsunodoi. So that's the three I'll go with. Yeah, I'm gonna go same, I think. And Mohammed, what are you gonna go with? This would be the midfielders. No, the front three. Oh sorry. I just got Oh, did I oh I oh I have I have I done a Mohammed? <laughs> I've done a Mohammed, haven't I? Yeah, you skipped I, I, I didn't think... ask 
I skipped him. That's why I was skipped the midfield. No, I I thought I oh I thought we didn't. Or no, oh, I was just about to. That's what now, viewers. I'm sorry, but we essentially had a bit of a, a break where, yeah, Amart kind of travelled through different dimensions, and it looks like he's gone now. But oh he's no, he's back. back. He's on it. He's back on his little adventure. But yes, um, so I think we kind of didn't. We forgot to talk about the midfielders. But I'm gonna go. Actually, yeah, let's do that. For actually, no, let's finish with the front three, and then we'll go back to the midfielders. So. Yeah, I'm going to go agree with Amart. And Mohamed, what's your front three before we go back to the mids? Um, I think I'll go with Pulisic. That's the thing. Callum Hudson always got to start. And then again, I think Pulisic and, and Werner probably for me. Oof, he's dropping Mason Mount. His followers weren't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would... Okay, sorry. Yeah, I think, I think Werner and... and Callum and Sidoy and Mount. I think, yeah, sorry, Pulisic. Yeah, no. <laughs> Before I get hurt. Pulisic is Pulisic. Are you going to start no, Pulisic so or Mount not? Mount and Pulisic swap. <laughs> Last minute. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's like, I would like to see Pulisic. Ideally, I want to see a Werner Pulisic cousin Sidoy. But at the moment, it just seems like Pulisic's just not in great form. And this result is really important to get ourselves up the table. So it's we've kind of united on that. But to get to the uh let's go back to the midfield and I've s I think I've I can't remember if I said or not, but I want to Jorginho, uh, stick to what's worked and with uh, go with Jorginho and Kovacic, but I understand Mohamed and Marti will probably have different feelings. So Mohamed, what are you I think going with? Kovacic and Jorginho for me. Um they've been they've been playing well and I think Kante and Gilmore, as I said, they were they were good at the weekend. They were good against Barnsley, but I don't think they're ready for Newcastle and and why interfere why interfere with the midfield that's already been working. So I think that's my midfield there. And Amart, what's yours? Yeah, I think I'll also go with. Um, no, no, I said also no. I'm, I'll not go with Jorginho. I'll go with Kovacic, <laughs> Kovacic and Kante. <laughs> Nearly. I know, I know they've been doing well. I know their chemistry has been good and all that, but I, I, I don't know. I still don't trust Jorginho, and I felt like even our last game that he, he was he. I think he was on the score. He scored a penalty or so, but even in that game, he really wasn't the best. So, um, I, I'll, I'll go with Kante. I don't want us to leave Kante out. Kante has to be involved in this team, one way or the other this season. I, I think he, he. He, he is more important to the team or he offers more to the team than Jorginho. But definitely Kovacic next to him. Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, we've got to see, yeah. Kante is clear that Kante is one of Tuchel's favourite players. So, wouldn't be surprised to see Kante back in there for Jorginho, considering how highly it's been made evident that uh, I think Tuchel did an interview where he talked about the importance of Kovacic and Kovacic has been playing really well, uh, like probably one of the, well, probably the best non-academy player this season. So, yeah, I think that there we have, for, I think that completes our lineup. And any any other passing remarks for the Newcastle game? Other than no pressure on us, but we have to win. <laughs> no, I think I think we can do this. Um, just got to go in there and just you know kill the game quickly. Um, which we really haven't been able to do, but I guess 
just uh, if if we play if we start off with intense with with intensity and get an early goal, then we can really put um, pressure on um, Newcastle and then eventually get the three points in top four. Hopefully, yeah, I definitely want to see an improvement in terms of finishing. Like I think it's probably one of the reasons why we haven't been able to kill games. And Mark, do you, uh, do you think this is going to be the time where we see Werner finally get his break his uh, Premier League? I mean, he better, he better score because for my FPL sake, I've had him so for, for so long and he has disappointed me time and time and time again. And this season, this 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 week, mm-hmm. I did something and I really hope he, he scores because I took him out and brought Kane in and I realized that, you know, they are playing against Man City and they're playing, they playing against a, a top team or something. I've forgotten who it was, but they are, they are, they they. When I'm, I just felt like Vena might do well in this game, so I I took Kane out again and I brought Vena in and I got a minus four percent, uh, minus four points. So I'm really really hoping he does well this time because I just have this feeling that he might do well this 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 time. If he doesn't score in this, he's out of my team. I, like I've had him for a long time, so <laughs> I really, sorry for going to the the fantasy league um, aspect, but I just think he's been doing well. He's been doing very, very well, and I feel like it's it's um, it's high time he starts scoring. And I I know he will start scoring well, even if he doesn't score. Like his his contribution to the game has improved a lot. So if he can continue that, I think we will we would be able to beat Newcastle. That is if he starts. If he starts, fine. But if he doesn't start, then um, whoever starts will also do well for us in in attack. Agreed. Yeah, it's um. We definitely want to see some more, uh, some better finishing in this game, at least. And just to not have to survive the game and in the last 15 minutes suffer like we did against Barnsley and just hope that we don't concede. But another clean sheet would be good to kind of, for Mendy particularly, to keep up the race for the Golden Glove. I think he's, I think Edison's on 13, I think. I think Martinez is. And Mendy's on. Yeah, Martinez, I think, might be ahead of Mendy. Um, In sheets, right? Yeah. Okay. It's So, it's... Yeah, I think Man City are top with 14, then Chelsea have 10, Villa have 12. So, yeah, Martinez has more than Mendy at the moment. But, yeah, would be a good one to get against Newcastle. So, definitely a viable game to get a clean sheet in and... But I think more important, I mean, for me, I would rather have Werner go and score one or two than get the clean sheet, personally. He really needs that. Like, he's been playing really well, to be fair, recently. But just want him to, he really needs to score. He really needs to score in the Premier League. It's going to be, if he doesn't, it'll be 15 games in the Premier League without scoring. So it's got to happen one way or another eventually. And if there's no Jorginho then surely he'll be on penalties. So he can win them and take them. So that would be good. Any other remarks for the Newcastle game? No, I think that's that's all. Not really. I just, I just want us to win. We have, we have to win because we have to capitalise on the fact that Liverpool are doing so bad. So And, and it's weird. I looked at the table and yeah. and if, if like um, we win, and I think Everton is the team behind us, right? Um, I'm not sure, yeah, but yeah. if they also win, it means that they would be. Is it Everton or West? I think there's a team behind us before Everton. Whoever it is, like the, the, the uh, team West behind Ham. West, 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 Ham. West Ham, yeah. So 
So if West Ham also wins, which means Liverpool might finish the week on sit, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, what's even more crazy is that if, if Everton managed to um, win, so I think Everton play play twice. They have the game in hand where they play against Man City and they play yeah. against Fulham. Yeah. That's so true. if they beat if 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 Everton beat Fulham tomorrow and then somehow might maybe manage to draw against Man City, then they'll go up, then they'll go above Liverpool as well. So Liverpool could end up seventh by <laughs> by in a couple of days, which is quite interesting. <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to see how the table is going to look like in a couple of days once we get a Chelsea win, or hopefully we get a Chelsea win. But yeah, I think that's all we've got in time for in this uh, podcast. I'm quite impressed that we've probably taken, I think it's about an hour now. We've <laughs> had uh, we had some technical issues, so we've had to split it up a bit. So we're not really sure if it's been an hour long. But if you are still listening right now, thank you very much for doing so. And should have said this at the start as well. But if you do like what we do, I would definitely really appreciate if you did give us a like or a subscribe. It just shows some appreciation for the huge amount of effort that goes into making these. So, But thank you very much for listening, if you are at the end, and we'll see you in the next podcast where we'll review the Newcastle game and look forward to Southampton. And so thank you very much for both my co-hosts for tonight. Mohamed, I'm impressed that you've managed to be here more than not being here, so <laughs> thank you very impressed. much. <laughs> and Amart for being here as well. <laughs> and being Amart as well for being here as usual. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.